This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 672 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Horse Report System, and Trust Design. On this week's episode, we are joined by Kristen Brown talking about more award opportunities from USDF, followed by our friend of the show, Tony Sandoval, giving us tips for having competition success. And then Katie Pogue brings us a trust design trainer tip. This is Reese Coppler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. How are you, Reese? <laughs> I'm doing fine. We haven't talked in forever. It's well, we've talked, but it feels weird because we haven't talked on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we took a little bit of break so that uh, you know we've been you and I have been running around a little bit and and <laughs> it's doing been some. Nuts. Some doing some dressage training stuff, right? <laughs> our, our our day jobs, exactly. This is our yeah, Thursday yeah. night gig. Yeah, exactly. We have been. Yeah, we started. Um, we had our two two shows kind of back to back. There, mine was two weeks ago, and oh my goodness, my horse was so good. I was I was really happy with this horse. He he hadn't been to a horse show, and um, we did a lot of leg work though. I. It definitely did not throw him in the deep end, but still kind of in the deep end. We had done a lot of prep work to get him ready, uh, but the actual competition was at the horse park in um, the big Rolex Stadium. That is now where our local show is. So it's it's a pretty intimidating venue. And uh, we got him there the first day. Actually, we were going to take him over and have a full day of schooling, and we had really bad weather, like really bad storms. So we decided to leave him at home. So that put a little more pressure on me. Not really. I I had very much set the expectations with the owners and all of us. We were like, okay, we're going to take this day by day. Uh, but we got in there and, you know, he got in, he was a little bit nervous and we just walked around and we did a little lunging and we walked and we grazed and then we went back out and we did ride him and he was so good. Jet, my assistant was with me pretty much the whole time. She was pretty close, but he was a perfect gentleman and then went in the next day and he did his test and I was really pleased. He was reserve champion, really good score. Um, so it was, it was a success. It went, it went, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it was good, but it wasn't taking a horse to it, to his first show, uh, in five years. So he has, he's not very well experienced. So that went well. I was, I was, when the plan works, it's always nice to look at the plan and say, okay, you know, we need to keep replicating that. So he's going to go to a few more shows this summer, kind of locally. We're staying pretty close to home this summer. So Phil, you also had an amazing horse show. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, thinking back almost a week now. Yeah, so uh, in Ontario, they've decided to add this young pre-St. George horse class. So it's just you you ride a a pre-St. George, but it's it's only for horses 10 years and below. So this is really good for for me because, you know, I had these three nine-year-olds that were were getting out and were were doing their first pre-St. George. So, I mean, that's it's a tough level because... You know, you've got horses who have done it for four or five years and, you know, and, and then you're trying to get your youngins out to be doing the yeah. first one. And, you know, you don't know where you stand as far as the scores for 16. Like, you know, is that a good score or is it, you know, because mm-hmm. the older horses will just I mean, they they know what they're doing. They're they're going to just, you know, bang out 70s and, and whatever. So it's kind of, yes. you know, it's a it's a little bit like judging apples and oranges, even though they're doing the same test. It's it's not the same right so previously we we haven't had a separate class for the for the young guys and uh this was the first first year they're trying it out and seeing what kind of entries they get and 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 whatever so um yeah we were we we did that on friday and um good scores so i was second third and fifth because i had three horses in it. you were the class yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then uh Friday, Saturday, then we I put them all in um, fourth level because 
um, you know, not, none of those horses are anywhere near ready to do the to the do the I one. So we just backed them off. Uh, two of them had done the fourth level the year before, so that was good. I, I was first and fourth or fifth, something like that, and awesome. seventh. So uh, yeah, big fourth level class actually. And then Sunday, I entered the uh, FEI tested horse. So they don't they don't offer like pre Saint George every single day. Got it. So if you want, you know, if you want to do uh, an FEI level test, you have to enter the test of choice, right? So okay. you're up against, you know, all the horses doing all of the FEI levels, you know, whatever. And I mean, it doesn't really matter to me. We were just, I was just trying to get in, you know, one test each day with each of the horses to make it a, an experience. So um, actually I had, I had the one horse uh, won the FEI Woo-hoo! test of choice doing her pre-St. George. So, I mean, so her cool. second pre-St. George, you know, winning the class, not a huge score so like a 66, I think. And then the other, the other guys were, I think a bit tired. They were, so I was yeah. first, I was first fifth, maybe and six, maybe eighth. I'm not sure. Awesome. I, it's all a blur, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. Now it's a blur. You have you're just getting over the horse hangover. <laughs> so the horse show hangover. But yeah, so. I mean, it was a su- super super successful weekend, and and you know it's it's uh, it's good just to get out and gauge where you're at, and you know look at the scores and kind of you know make a plan going forward because you don't really know you know, where, where, where you are in your training until you go out there and you show and yeah. then and you can yeah. make, make a plan for the, for the next show. So I think they'll all go out again in another month, but we've got some work to do and, and some, um, some training things to, to work on. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it was a, a very good weekend, but you know, there's always, there's always homework, you know, that's, yes, that's the there it. is always homework. <laughs> So that was great. And actually, um, on the Sunday, that FEI class was sponsored by a friend, uh, Anna DeRizzi. And uh, actually, I'm, she she's a great sponsor, uh, a great supporter of dressage. So I just wanted to give her a shout out because the class was worth 600 bucks. So what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you feel rich? I would feel rich. Well, I mean, my owner gets the gets the, the rotor feels like she paid for the horse yeah, show. I, I, I think <laughs> hey. just, that's a, that's fantastic, and, and just a shout out to Anna at being a yes. fantastic supporter of of the competitions and of dressage in general. So yeah, um, we need more of that. It makes we need it more of it, that, yes. you know, or, or not necessarily like you know big money sponsors, but just anybody who goes out and supports our you know supports the shows in whatever way they can. It's just it's fantastic. So that's awesome. But, Thank you. That is really cool. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, we had yeah, and then you have you have some more shows coming up. You you have a much shortened show season than we have in the yeah, US. We, we can show gotta, all year. You know, you get home and then you gotta just keep going with, you know, whatever horses or or just students are, are starting to think about getting out and, and about. So there's uh yeah, there's lots to do over the next three months or so. Yeah, you really you really get hammered really hard <laughs> in the summer. Well, I take a break. It it, it works well for us on the show here because during the, the winter you, you do a little bit more work on the show. And then uh, in the summer I do a little bit more work cause I'm, I'm off, you know, I don't, I don't show quite as much or, you know, I, a lot of my horses have already shown. So uh, it works well for our schedule uh, cause we're kind of flipped. So it, it works pretty yeah. well. So, well, I love it. Well, that's so cool. And uh, this is the start. I think we we're, we're going to keep talking about it cause we're really proud of it. Uh, this is the start of our sort of anniversary month. Uh, I started the podcast 10 years ago on this show today, uh, which is uh, quite crazy to, to think that we've been doing this for 10 years. I, I did the show for a, a couple couple shows almost a month before Philip came on the last week in June. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that this month. We're going to have some friends on the show uh, who've been great supporters of us uh, throughout the 10 years. It's crazy. And, and Phil and I will we'll talk a little bit more about our journey later in the month. Um, but you will be hearing that. So if you, you're like, oh my goodness. Um, so certainly reach out if there's something that you've loved about our show or a particular uh, uh interview yeah. that you remember mm-hmm. um you know like reset it's a bit of a blur 
for both of us and yeah, trying know. to, you know, think back of our our favorite moments or our best moments. But uh, certainly we, we couldn't do it without the listeners. So for sure, you know, give us your thoughts. Uh, you know, you can email us or or, or write, write it out on our on our Facebook page. Send us a, a, a direct message, however you want, because, you know, we we'd love to to share our journey with you and, and your you guys's journey with us and and uh, that's what makes it all work exactly exactly so we're really thrilled for that and um one of the one of the really great partnerships we've had is with USDF so this show is the USDF show and one of the things Phil we wanted to talk about was one of the resources that we we try to bring the resources to you guys and, and when we hear about them and there is a free mental health uh, hotline it's a US equestrian. It's it's free for all U.S. equestrian members. And it's uh, they intake calls by a licensed therapist. Um, there's immediate support. It's up to four visits per person per year, 24-7 confidential service. It's free. Household dependents are covered free. Members can contact that line directly, no password needed. So the number is 1-800-633-3353. And this is a really, really cool service. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, and I'm sure if you called that number and you needed help, they would make sure to help you. So again, the free mental health hotline is 1-800-633-3353. So we're going to get going with the show. Uh, we're going to have a break from one of our great sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, and come back with Kristen Brown from USCF. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase made by Kentucky Performance Products is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins such as vitamin E in a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, for tonight's USDF episode, we are so excited to have back Kristen Brown. She's Senior Competitions Coordinator. Welcome back. Thank you. I am so glad to be back. We love it when you come. You you love it. You're like, I'm waiting at the office just to hear you guys. So you are so cute. And yes, and I get to some- bring good news. I get to bring good news. That's so great. <laughs> well, the last time we talked, I actually appreciated it because it did impact. I was in a very small 
piece of information you gave us, um, which was very helpful for planning my personal show season. That was not planned, by the way. So that was cool. But we've got another couple programs we want to talk about uh, that are new for, I think, the coming year of 2023. So I'll let you start with the Rider Award. Okay. So as, as I'm sure most of our members know, our competition year is September 30th or begins October 1st and ends on September 30th. So our 2023 competition year is going to start on October 1st, 2022. And beginning with the 2023 competition year, we have some exciting new changes coming to the Writer Awards program. And that is for our bronze, silver, and gold medals. We're going to be offering a new tier for each one of those medals, and it's going to be the medal with distinction. So we're going to offer a bronze medal with distinction, a silver medal with distinction, and a gold medal with distinction. Oh, so talk to us a little bit about yeah, that. You know, how, how, do, how do people earn their medals of distinction? It's super easy. The basic re- award requirements for the Rider Awards remain the same. Membership, course registration, competition eligibility. All of that stays the same. So if you're already an existing Rider Award recipient, you know how that works. The only difference is between the medals, the bronze medal, you have a minimum score that's required is 60% at first, second, and third levels. For the bronze medal with distinction at first, second, and third levels, it's going to be 67%. And that's going to be the same minimum score requirement for the silver medals and silver medals with distinction at fourth level and pre-St. George. And for the gold medals, which are intermediate scores, and that does include intermediate A and intermediate B and Grand Prix, that minimum median score for the medal with distinction will again be 67%. I thought you said it was easy. (laughs) It is easy. (laughs) It is easy. (laughs) The good news is, is if any of our writers out there already have those scores, just like with all of our writer awards, scores don't expire. So you can already have some of those scores on file. You could be a bronze medalist and maybe you just need like one more third level score of 67% to get the bronze medal with distinction. You can still go out there and earn it. And all those previous scores of 67% or higher are still going to be eligible for the new medal with distinction. Same with the silver and same with the gold. Okay. That's, so that's, that's really cool. cool. Yeah. So how do you application okay. process is the same yeah. and everything. Yep. Excellent. So if like, I think, so all I would do is just apply and, and you would, you would go through that or how does that work? If you've got the, if, if some of our very talented writers already have the scores on file of 67% or higher to be awarded a medal with distinction, all they have to do is go through the same process, submit the online application on or after October 1st. And we will, as soon as we verify the scores, we will issue a certificate and we are not issuing another bronze medal, but we are designing a very new lapel pen that will say with distinction on it. Very cool. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very exciting. I'm so excited to, to be able to, um, I'm looking forward to determining who's going to be the first medal with distinction recipient. I love it. I'm going to check my scores tonight. (laughs) 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 So uh, we have another program, uh, Breeder of Distinction, right? Right. So USDF is passionate about coming up with ways of giving our breeders their due. We have some amazing breeders in in the United States, and we want to try to give them as many opportunities for recognition as possible. With that being said, Several years ago, we developed the USDF Breeder of Distinction Program. Are you seeing the clues? You know, are you seeing the the correlation Mm -hmm. here with distinction? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And (laughs) so we've had the bronze, silver, and gold Breeder of Distinction Program. Those are the levels within the existing program. And again, beginning October 1st, 2022 with the 2023 competition year, we're now going to be offering the sapphire and the ruby and the platinum diamond level. And wow. 
So for the breeder of distinction, the bronze, silver, and gold require in-hand scores. And for the silver and gold, materiel scores. But the, the big the big benefit here is for those breeders who are um, very successful and their horses are now competing under saddle and they're doing very well. The ruby and the sapphire give those breeders additional recognition for those scores earned under saddle. Wow. Okay. Whew. And then that just really like cool. the diamond achievement, you know all about the diamond achievement. Just like the diamond achievement, the platinum diamond will recognize those breeders that have been awarded the bronze, silver, and gold, and the ruby and sapphire. That's really cool. So That's, what, what levels under under saddle are those uh, attributed to the the ruby and the sapphire? So the ruby will require scores at third level and above, and the sapphire is going to require under saddle scores at pre Saint George and above. Okay. Cool. Cool. I love it. I know. I love it. Just check the website. I'm going to be updating the website here in the near future. Check the website. Lots of information is going to be coming out and we're going to be promoting it and getting everything ready so that we can get those first applications in October 1st. It's going to be a big day. That is going to be a big day. So I also it's, had a it's question. It's going to be a big day. It's going to be okay. big. I have a question for you because um, this, I was, I was, because we did our, our um, segment a few months ago about the schooling show award. I have a young horse, my assistant's riding him. I tried to apply and we, we talked about this off air, everybody. So, um, <laughs> Kristen knows what's coming. Um, I tried to apply for the schooling show award. I was super excited. He's been doing schooling shows. We're probably going to keep him doing schooling shows this summer for lots of, you know, he's getting the experience and it's not costing me a lot of money, but problem. I couldn't figure out how to to get to it. So, and then we figured out that there actually were no qualified shows in Kentucky. So can you talk to everybody? Because now I'm, I want to try to get some of our shows to apply because it's not an option to participate in the award right now because our shows aren't, aren't participating. So can you talk to people if you are interested in that program and you want to get them, uh, your show certified, how do you do that? Sure. So some of our group member organizations, are very fortunate and have well-established and very good awards programs. And they are not necessarily participating in the School and Show Awards program because they already have an existing awards program. But as the word is coming out about the USDF Regional School and Show Awards program, some competitors, they want all of the recognition and all of the awards. And it's very simple it's a, it's a $25 application fee. Send me the existing prize list. I can get most shows in within 30 days. It's super easy. The program year ends November 30th. It's an online link. Um, it's available on our website under awards. And it says Regional Schooling Show Awards Program. That's where the application, that's where all of the information for the schooling show program is held and I can work with the shows to get their applications. Competitors, if you guys want your schooling shows to participate, tell your management, get them to to submit those applications. It doesn't have to be a group member organization sponsored or sanctioned schooling show. It can be a private schooling show. If you guys want the schooling show program to have your show participate in it, ask for it because that's how we're going to get the word out there. And the better news is for 2022, I'm looking at new awards. So I'm hoping to have something new, fresh and exciting for our award recipients for this year. We offer four divisions per region. We offer 10 placings per division. and Even for 2021, we just put up a celebratory video on our website of several of our 2021 award recipients, and it's on the School and Show Awards program. You guys should go check it out. It's super fun. That is awesome. Well, thank you for clearing that up for me. I figured if I had questions, everybody else did too. So I love it. Thank you so much. And if 
you know, anybody has any questions on awards, how do they find you online? As always, cbrown at usdf.org. Even easier, awards at usdf.org. Or give me a call. My direct line can be filled at found on the USDF website. I mean, shoot, if I could answer smoke signals, I would. <laughs> you basically probably have. So I love it. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to next time we have you on the show. I'll be back. Have you ever wondered how to keep your horse sound and how to prevent future lameness issues? Have you had to deal with abscesses, stone bruises, laminitis, navicular, or soft tissue damage in the hoof capsule? Or maybe you're a farrier and you want to learn how top vets around the world diagnose and treat various hoof care issues. The Humble Hoof is a podcast for both owners and professionals discussing the health of the hoof and soundness of your horse. Check us out, published twice a month on Horse Radio Network. Whether you're a professional dressage trainer or an amateur enthusiast, one thing is for sure. There's a lot of information to keep track of. You need easy access to your horse's health and therapy records, care notes, and photos, a training log for documenting improvements and understanding setbacks or plateaus, horse registration and demographic information for entering competitions, a way to accurately record medication and supplement administration, and much more. Horse Report System isn't a barn management app, it's a horse management app. Designed to align with the workflow of a busy stable, our field-leading dashboard means that nothing is more than a couple of clicks away. The information is where you need it, when you need it, in the palm of your hand. Our web app runs on any device with a web browser, phone, tablet, or computer. With monthly subscriptions starting at just $9.99, there is a plan that is right for you and your team in the stable. We'd love to give you a demo to show you why leading dressage trainers and riders are using Horse Report System to coordinate their success. Go to www.horsereportsystem.com to learn more and get a free trial. Well, for tonight's show, we are so excited to have Coach Tony Sandoval back on the show. Tony, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? Thanks. Well, glad to be back. (laughs) Well, we have a great segment tonight. Because this is something that all athletes deal with. I don't care if you're a professional, you're an amateur, show nerves. So, Tony, let's start talking about how do you help all of us handle show nerves? So, obviously, there's a psychological component to show nerves. But those psychological components end up manifesting themselves in physiological components as well. So, it it turns something that is, you know a thing that is going to be blocking your performance. And then it starts doing this downward spiral and all these other systems start to get affected. So the first thing that I always tell people and before they, you know, get going to their show is to plan out at least to give themselves 10 to 15 minutes to get up and walk. Yeah. Brush your teeth, do the things that you need, whether you're at a hotel room or wherever, just get yourself outside. Number one, when you start seeing the sunlight, it starts bringing your nervous system into what we call a rest and digest type of setting. That's called the parasympathetic autonomic nervous system. So basically, just like the name implies, you start resting your brain from any nerves and you start getting your body ready to digest food. Because if the first thing that you do is wake up and your brain thinks, thinks that it's going to get eaten by a tiger, then of course you will not get hungry. Of course you will have elevated heart rate. And just from taking a walk and seeing the sun out, if there is sun, right? It might be a little rainy day or what have you, but the walk- Or it might you know, be, might be super treadmill. early. I, I know lots of times- Or snowing. Yeah, like, or maybe, maybe snowing. super early, right? Snow, yeah, maybe right. snow. If you're yeah. Philip, it's snowing in June- no. <laughs> yeah. No. So, so what I, depending on where it's at, the walking might not be available. But the reason I like walking is because it gave it gives you an opportunity to work on your breathing, which is one of the benefits of walking is that you can just breathe in, breathe out, and if obviously your environment doesn't allow you to get outside and walk, that you can just wake up, sit down on a chair that is going to keep you upright. 
and then work on your breathing. It, I, I don't even call it meditation anymore because then people will go, oh, meditating. My brain is so out of control, which is the whole reason why you want to do it. But I always just say, hey, just work on your breathing. Just breathe in, breathe out before you even attempt to tell yourself you're not hungry for breakfast, because that is a sign that it's going to be a long day because your brain is already getting the adrenaline going. And now you're burning up energy that you would need for your show. So a lot of people would, will tell me, oh, I need to work on my endurance. I don't have any endurance when I'm doing X, Y, Z. Well, my question is, well, did you get up and eat breakfast? No, but I don't like to exercise. I don't like to eat before I exercise. So I don't eat breakfast. And for shows, uh, it's the same deal. And I have to try to explain to them the physiology about it wasn't so much of the meal. What you did started doing, though, was number one, you didn't get any energy in. But number two, you started burning energy that you really didn't have. So now you're going to go out and you're, you're doing a test or you're on a course and you start getting fatigued early. It might not be your cardio. It might just be you, your nerves burned up all your energy before you even got there. And so the body would even start to try to help itself by going, okay, we've got to stop this madness. Oh, I know what we're going to do. Let's just throw up yeah. because it's all, yes. it's, a, it's a mechanism to make you stop. Like we have to calm down. And if you don't, then we're going to take matters into our own hands. Right. Yeah. And so some people, yeah. they just don't get, they don't get a handle on it. And so, you know, if, if someone is reading a book on mindset and that's all fair and good, like that there is again, a psychological component, but the, we also have to understand to read the signals that our body is telling us as far as what competition is doing us and how, what tools we can use to, to do something super simple, like wake up and breathe to come to really help yourself focus, but just breathing. And box breathing is a great way to do it. Um, and I can get into that in a little bit, but also walking that way. When you get hungry, that's a good sign. That means your, your body is getting ready and you're taking in some, some energy. And it doesn't have to be like a full course breakfast. It can just be something like oatmeal or, you know, hotel food. That's not, you know, the, the eggs are sometimes can be pretty good and whatever they have there. But the idea is a piece of fruit. I usually energy. grab a, a piece of fruit, you know, a banana, yeah. apple, you know, whatever they've so, got. Yeah. And, yeah. To me, it's, it's the more important thing is that you're calm enough to eat. And then the energy that goes into your brain, that's going to help you as well. But the main thing is Make sure that the walking gets you into a parasympathetic autonomic nervous state. That's that's great. I mean, for me, what I like to do, I mean, uh, normally I'm doing multi-day shows. But, you know, if I was shipping yeah. into a show, I would ship in extra early just to mm -hmm. just to, like what I do at the shows. It's just graze the horses. So, you know, that that yeah. just, you know, calms me, especially if it's it's early in the morning and you get, you know, you get a beautiful sunrise and whatever that just helps calm me, you know, and, and, uh, every other day, my, my first go-to is a cup of coffee, but on a show day, I, I have an early morning ride. I'm not going to get that. I'm not, I'm not going to take that cap. I don't need that boost. I'm already boosted up enough. Right. And so I have to work right. the other way. I have to work myself the other way to make sure that, you know, uh, like you said, a little something to eat, some yogurt, whatever. And, and then, yeah. you know, how, how am I going to stay calm all the way up into my ride? And, you know, and, and then afterwards I, I'm going to, you know, later on in the day, for sure, if I'm doing late, late night check or late night walks, I'm, I'm hitting that caffeine pretty hard. But, um, <laughs> you know, you, I mean, you got to yeah. you got to plan your day out. So because if you're hitting caffeine at five, six in the morning, that's only going to last you until 11. And maybe you have, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a ride at 12. Like, w w what are you going to do then? Right. Exactly. And, you know, and there's a reason why when you ship in and you're grazing your horses, you're, you're, what you're doing is now, and, and this again, everyone probably knows a lot more about horses and training and how to prepare them for a great show more than I do, but it's physiology. And what you're doing is you're taking a prey animal and you're making them calm down. So it's nervous system gets into this parasympathetic state so that it can relax and get accustomed to wherever it's at. But humans, we stress out. Do we get everything in the tack box? Do we do this? Do we do that? Oh my God, what's my time? Oh, they changed my time. And before you know it, you have a prey animal that is calm, but now you are also now a prey animal. So when you get your nervous energy onto the horse, now it's going like, wait, what's going on? I was calm, but now I'm not because you're not calm. Oh, and we're supposed to have a good test. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work out like that. Yeah. So we have, to, we, we, we have to make sure that we do all the things 
necessary to, and, and trial and error is huge, right? Is going and saying, okay, I'm going to do this for this show and see if it works and then write it down. I felt great. But if you, like you said, if you wake up and the first thing you do is I got to have coffee, I didn't eat. And now you're burning up more energy and caffeine, caffeine is not an energy source. Caffeine is a stimulant. And I'm going to say that again. Caffeine is not an energy source. Caffeine is a stimulant. So when the stimulant goes down, you still are in zero as far as calories for energy are concerned. So you will be crash even harder than someone that has the food and their caffeine. So when you, when that hits and now your adrenaline has been burning up as well, no wonder people will show up at you know noon and they're going, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I got my endurance. I can't catch my breath. And then you see the tears and all the other things is because you didn't get control of those emotions. And it's every single show is what I hear from people. And it's, at some point I even scratched my head. Like, are you, would you change something to get different results? You know, like yeah. maybe you fall asleep early. I can't fall asleep because I'm so nervous. I get that as well. Okay. Well let's, let's stop with the, all the electronics for an hour. Oh, I can't do that. I got to do X, Y, Z. Okay. About 30 minutes. And then you're breathing and you're just concentrating on your breathing. And before you know it, people that uh, at least they, they try that may, may work and may not work, but they're doing something different and it's all to get a different result than what they usually get. Well, and I think that's what, what professional athletes really work on, right? Like they have coaches that help them figure out ways that works mm -hmm. in their body. And I think that's where we have to really think about, you know, we are at this point, we are showing our horses, right? You've put a lot of time, a lot of energy into all of this. And some of this, it sounds like common sense, but you really got to work on your whole routine and it has to be a routine. Mm -hmm. right down, right down to the details. I think that's, yes, yeah. that's it. Because I think the, uh, if we even ask ourselves, you know, why we get nervous, I you think can, you can down inside nerves is good. Nerves lets you know yeah. that the thing that you're doing is important. So it's, it's how you view nerves, but a, a lot of people, it's also a little bit of a gut check because maybe subconsciously, you know, you didn't check all the boxes. And you just went out and now you're doing the show, but you could have done X, you could have done Y, you could have done Z. So at that point, nobody likes to talk about that because now you're putting pressure on people. And for some people it is, you know, hobby. I like to go out and I'd like to show, uh, they don't see themselves as, as, as even as athletes. I see everybody as an athlete and I put that on everybody, all the responsibilities that come with it. Make sure you're getting your sleep, make sure you're doing your walking or some type of breathing exercise before you start your day. That way you're, you're grateful for being there. You're grateful for your horse. You're grateful for your team. You got this cool, positive energy. And it's not just so you can go and hug a tree. It's so that you can stay in this parasympathetic state. And then you use your sympathetic state, which is fight or flight for the show, because now you get that superpower of focus. Now you get the superpower of being in the moment. But when you burn that up early in the day, you have nothing for your show. Okay. So Tony, we've gotten up, we've had breakfast, we've walked, yep. we've prepared. What's the next step for the day? So then the next step for the day is when you get, now this is the one that's tough for everyone. The <laughs> next step for the day is to make sure that you're in the moment is to do a quick, no longer than five minute warm up. And why the warm up? Because now that you've gotten yourself under control, just to make sure that you're at the right level of stimulant, meaning you're, uh, you're at the show and your brain is getting ready to execute these high level skill, we'll call it activities, warming up the body. It's not just stretching your muscles. It's not just like, okay, I'm going to break a sweat. You're telling the brain, this is what we're about to do. It's go time. And certain people think, they can just, you know, look at a rink and be ready to do it. And that's not how it works for 90% of the people, 99%, I would say. There's only a few people that are, you know, professional enough that they can just, they, they've done it for so long, they can get there. But I guarantee you, when you're a professional, you have a routine that gets you to a spot where you're ready to roll. So for me, using the warm-up, number one, creates that environment in your brain to start getting ready for the competition Two, yes, it does warm up the body. It brings up the core temperature. 
and, and gets your blood moving. And then the third one, yes, we're going to activate now muscles that you're going to need. If you were traveling, if you were trailering in, your posture is set to be efficient at driving in a truck. It's not efficient for riding. Your, your posture is set for whatever the time that you were doing the most of. If you have like a, you know, I know people that'll drive, you know, 10 hours, eight hours for a show, and then they're doing all the things when they get to their location, but their posture set up to do what they were doing to get to the show. Now you want to be ready to ride. Yes. You have to just take a little bit of time to warm up a few muscles, a, a few postural muscles to get you ready to go. So when you do that, the result of that, even with five minutes is so much better because now you get your feel back that you would without you you know, say you were at just home and you were just getting ready for a ride or a lesson. Now you're back there. You didn't add in this stress of travel. And there's a lot of people that travel for shows. So I think, you know, going back to the whole planning your day, plan out five minutes. It, it, you know, you get to a point where you're going, well, five minutes does this. What would 10 minutes do of just getting rid of this like bum shoulder that I have, maybe warm it up a little bit or my hip or anything, it, it, to me, it, it adds into this calmness of, of being in a state of preparedness. And then you've been nervous. Well, we, we've we've talked about, butterflies. yeah, we've talked about with you, the importance of doing a warm up. So, yeah. um, now, you know, now it's just, you're, you're going to do the same, the same thing kind of bodily wise, you know, like you said, you've got probably a couple of key areas that you need to do. But but I think for me, this this kind of clicks into, okay, now it's time to ride and your body has, you know, has muscle memory. And and then that, that mm-hmm. also helps calm your mind when, when your your body feels right, like it gets ready and you're ready and now you're going to get on your horse. Like that's all part of, you know, that kind of daily routine, like it's part of your daily routine. And now it's part of your show routine. I think that just kind of you know, melds all together and, and can help, you know, can help you mentally and physically. And, and, uh, and then, and then you're at the same place you are on a daily basis and that can just feel familiar. That's it. That's the key word. I always tell people you're taking something that is, you're in a, a situation that is unfamiliar and you're bringing something familiar to that environment. And that helps your brain. It's like having your, your, uh, your, your teddy bear or a blanket that brings you calmness because it's familiar, you 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 know it. That's the same thing that you're doing with the warm up. Is now okay? This is what my body knows. Movement. This is what my horse feels like. Whatever you can do to make something unfamiliar familiar is going to help you in the state of calmness, so that you can execute at a high level. That makes total sense. It's easy. It's just not simple. Yeah. That's simple. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's really, yeah, it it makes sense. But, you know, but that has to go into your plan, right? That has to go into Mm -hmm. how everybody plans, how everybody does your day. And there's nothing wrong with, I think I'm I'm actually slightly selfish when I'm competing, right? Because I do also, as a rider, put a lot of time and energy. It's a little Mm -hmm. bit easier when you're at an international show because you're, that's when the stabling only certain people can get in because you're credentialed. Yeah. But, you know, I always, an hour before I put my foot in the stirrup, wherever I am, I have to, to I, I don't care if you go, if I have to be on at 10.01 and you go at 9.56 at 10.01, I'm, I'm out. That's, I have to be pretty disciplined about that because mm-hmm. I found that, uh, you know, that that was part of my plan, right? Like, and I have to say that to people or when I, I'm coaching people and we're all showing together, um, that's what I do. And other people, my sister, when we would show together, she liked to have a party when she was getting ready and it would absolutely drive <laughs> yeah. me away. You know, she liked a lot of people. Yeah. She liked a lot of energy. That's how she got, got herself up for the competition. Well, I would absolutely make me crazy. So, you know, I think it is. you have to figure out what works for you. And then we had to come to a compromise when we competed together because she had her way and I had my way. So we literally had to draw a line in the tack room one time, but that was what we had to do. And we had to learn that. And I think getting your warm up, if you need 10 minutes to get your hip organized, that has to go into your plan. And that's part of why we say go to schooling shows and run through the entire plan so that it mm-hmm. becomes part of what you do and you will be less nervous because you know, okay, I know one hour out, 
I'm going, I'm going to be at my stall and I'm going to be warming up. I'm going to be visualizing. I may be listening to my music. I may be doing whatever I'm doing in that hour. That's how I do it. So, um, Phil, do you have a specific way that you get ready? Um, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't need that much time as long as I get enough, like each horse is a little bit, you know, different and I, and I can plan out whatever each horse needs, like 20 minutes, 40 minutes, you know, when, when I, I can usually, you know, prepare and get on and just focus. Like, you know, once, once my butt hits the saddle, I can, I can focus and, and I've got a great team that's taking care of Like we, you know, we, we make a plan and everybody sticks to the tack up procedure and all of that stuff. But, uh, you know, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I do have to run from, uh, warming someone else up or, you know, yeah. coaching someone or, you know, even just watching their tests so I can give them feedback. I mean, it, it's a, it's a pretty busy situation going on in the competitions and, you, you know, that, that doesn't bother me as long as, you know, I, you know, I've determined the day before at, whatever it is, uh, 10, 15, you know, my butt needs to hit that saddle and, and we make a plan to make that happen. I can, I can do that. Not a big deal. Yeah. That's the difference of your personality and mine though. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I'm not being serious. Phil's really relaxed. I am not, I'm like, I'm, I, you know, it's just a difference in personalities, I think. Um, and it, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Right, Tony. Yeah, no, and actually I'm going to send you a link uh, Phil, I'll send you one as well. And so when I yeah. do, when I work with people, the reason you didn't get it, Reese, is because I do this a lot with my online clients. So I can get to know you, Reese, and we can, you know, get to see how your personality is. And then according to that, I can know how to work with you with training and not what's going to, you're going to like and what I have to kind of persuade you, all those things. But when people are not in front of me, I want to know exactly what their brain thinks and how they perceive stress from working out, stress in general. So it's almost like a athletic version of a Myers-Briggs, but it does what it, it, it categorizes people and it categorizes people as to how their stress would affect them in performance. So for say for Phil, if he was a person that was always very even keel, I would say he probably would be something that's called a 1B. And for the sake of just making the story a little shorter, it means someone could be able to quickly focus, uh, stay focused, but, but when they perform, they perform at the high level and they're never satisfied. So it, everybody would be cheering and Phil would be like, yeah, what's my next job I got to do. So then I know <laughs> where for Phil, I have to always challenge him or else he's not going to be consistent with this training because the wins for him are not the end all be all. For him, it's I need to dominate everybody all the time. And so that's how I would work with him is always tell him, hey, I need this is the goal you need to hit. Okay, I'm going to hit that. Now you got to hit this goal. So they're very goal-driven. Not so much for the ribbon. The process of being the best is what, they're, what drives them. For Reese, it would have to be because you take so long preparation, it's the control. So your personality, the more <laughs> factors I can give you that you can control – the, be the more confident you are, even though you're going into a test where you might, you know, the test, but Hey, there's judges there. There's, you know, the horse, something might spook. So there is a, a little factor of unfamiliarity, but for the most part, yeah. you control a lot. And if I can make you feel that you're in control, you will perform better. You will be more consistent. I would tell you, this is what you have for these four weeks right now. Reese. you understand what the goal is. You understand what your borders are as far as your boundaries are as far as missing workouts or letting me know when you're not going to be around. And so people tend to navigate towards that type of training for that type of personality. So it's actually very interesting when you get into it on how people handle the stress of shows according to their personalities. So a little, little quick story. When I was in, in, in college football, and you walk into the locker room before a game day, you'd have the guys that were dancing and that's how they got turned up. Then you had the quarterback or the guys that were very serious. They just would be in the little corner and nobody could go and talk to them. And you, you got that vibe they were, It was almost like uh, you'd walk by them and you'd catch this. Like, Ooh, it's kind of cold here. I'm not going to go over there. And then you had somewhere <laughs> in the middle, some guys are just, you know, that their headsets, they're taping up. They want to dance, but they also want to study the playbook, but everybody had their different ways of, of getting ready for the game. But one thing was constant. Hey, we're all going to go outside and warm up. Yes. Because you that's, can go, you I mean, can get in your, really, that's yeah, psychological, yeah, right? That's, that's interesting. The, the psychological mm -hmm. component everybody had, this, mm -hmm. but you're all human. 
you're all human and we all have blood and muscles and all the things. So we're all going to go and warm up our body. So you have no say so on that. And that's where I'm getting at with this is that's a psychological. I gave, you know, ideas that are very simple for people to start having something actionable. The personality is where you can start to individualize what works for you. The warm up, that is like a staple. You're human. You got to warm up to get your body ready to roll. It's just, you know, and you know me, Reese, it's always going to be in, in very little increments or micro dosing. What's one thing you want to try different at a show that'll help your nerves? Just one. You don't got to do everything we just talked about. Just one. And then go with that and build off of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought you just did that for me because, you know, I'd quit if you made me do more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get to know you, Reese. I get to know what works. What does I was it? like, you know, you know, I'm gonna quit. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. For sure. But I think that's true. And I think that's where when you're when you're figuring this out, right, is writing it down. What worked, what didn't, you know, what breakfast mm-hmm. could you get down and eat and what couldn't you? You know, like I have a protein shake. I don't like it, but I can, you know, kind of sip on it. Like if I go to try to eat breakfast for myself, I don't like that. Cause then it's like, I can't, but if I can kind of, you know, I'm like, I know I have to get this down in the next 30 minutes. I can do that. You know? <laughs> so I think it, it, you know, and I take it with me, I take the shake with me and then I have it. So, you know, if the line at breakfast is too long, you know what I mean? Like total control. I have my protein shake. Yeah. Um, but I do think you learn that over time. And, and the other thing is, you know, competing, and I see it a lot. And I know, Tony, you work with all of us that, you know, some compete a lot, but some people only compete four or five times a year. And it is hard, I think, to really get mm. a good program when you don't do it all the time. So I think, I think that's you're another right. thing, right? You know, you just don't get enough repetitions in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where, you know, every routine or even practicing or, you know, taking your horse somewhere else, if you, there's not a show in your area and, and practicing the whole routine, I think is important as well um, because you're just not getting as many reps in, in doing it every week. Like some rider, I mean, that's a professional rider. A lot of times will, will compete more. There's just volume. You just go in the ring more. Right. So at the end of it, you're just it beats you down. You're like, all right, well, it's fine now. (laughs) (laughs) By by the 12th week, you're just like, all right, it's fine. I got this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You're familiar. familiar. You're familiar. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's easier. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, some great tips from you today, Tony. Yeah. I think if I were to wrap it up, I would say, number one, make sure that you get into a parasympathetic state by breathing, going on some nice, easy walks. Number two, if you do number one, right, that'll give you some time to eat. And what I mean by time is now you're getting in that parasympathetic rest and digest state where you can have some food according to what you would like to eat that will fuel not only your body, but also your brain. And then three, warm up, get your mind right, get your body right to execute skills that require a high level of not only mental, but also physical abilities. Awesome. Well, Tony, as always, you nailed it. So how can people find you online? Cause you have a ton of resources online for people. Yeah. Uh, the biggest one is going on my Instagram and that's just at coach Sando training. And then, uh, also on my website, which is coach Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tony. And we can't wait for next month. Yeah. Likewise. Everyone have a good night. Well, we can't make this show happen without our great sponsors. And we've got a great trainer tip from Trust Design. And Phil, you want to tell us all about how your halter looked at the horse show? <laughs> yeah, I, as mm-hmm. promised, I took my guys out and they're wearing their Trust Design halters. Um, I've actually used a picture of one of our horses wearing the Trust Design halter in the show notes. So you guys can check that out. Great halters. They're more interesting than the classic just leather, brown, black, you know, whatever. So I think they 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 help the horses really stand out. And, and people came up and were like, oh, I like that halter and he looks so good. And so um, we're very proud of the halters and we're, we're proud to display them. And we thank Justin over there at Trust Design to help out our show. So um, there is a 10% discount going on for uh, HRN listeners. Just enter HRN into the coupon box uh, at the checkout and you can get 10% off. 
Well, for this week's Trust Design Tip of the Week, we have International Grand Prix rider and Small R Judge Katie Pogue on our show. Katie, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Well, you've got a great tip for us, so we're going to send it to you. Um, my, my tip for this show is I recommend trying a freestyle. I have been encouraging my students to um, start listening to music and thinking about ways that they enjoy riding the figures and the movements for the levels. And we've been able to put some freestyles together and they're just having a lot of fun. And I think it helps with the show nerves and just lets them enjoy things a little bit more. And I just, it could be a, a great summer project but it's just, it's a lot of fun. And I highly recommend if you haven't done a freestyle, try to put one together. I love it. I think it's great. We do the same thing. And, you know, as you're, as you're working through your medals and, and going up, it is, it's a lot of fun. It, it takes some time. And I, I think uh, you can't put it together in a couple of weeks, but it's fun to, to go through the process and it's fun to pick music. Uh, you can find some online that are already done if that's what you're more interested in. Um, but we're doing the same thing and everybody has a really good time with it and the horses get into it too. It's cute. I, They're all I very agree. excited about it. So I love it. And now there's the medal award programs and you know, it, it, it's true. You don't want to get all the way to third level and think, Oh, I could have gotten another freestyle bar medal. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's a fun goal and yeah, it just kind of breaks it up of, if you're really trying to, to go for, let's say, you know, you're in second level, uh, going to third level and you're kind of struggling with that. It's kind of fun to also have a little, to be working on something else other than the third level. Right. That's a Getting, big right. And then it gets you out of just doing the same test each time. And then you can also, whether it's, you know, the freestyle bars awards, but then you can also have something else to qualify at your regional championships and, mm -hmm. you know, do things, mix it up and have some fun to some music and then have a test that's your normal second three. And I just, I think it keeps everybody interested and um, kind of excited about their music and just something a little different. And also too, if they mess up a little, it's okay. And, yeah. and it also helps, I think, kind of bring that aspect even to your real test that we're all working really hard, but we got to find some fun and not be worried if we mess up a little. Yeah, I love it. Well, that's a great tip. And, and there's lots, there are, uh, there are books. We've done some book reviews here on the show. Uh, there's pretty good resources online. USDF has some as well. So uh, you can find some resources out there for freestyles. And uh, we hope you have a great time. So Katie, I love that tip. And how can our listeners find you online if they have any questions for you? Uh, feel free to email me at katiepogdressage at yahoo.com and be more than happy to answer any questions or point you in directions of people that can help with freestyles. Fantastic. Thanks, Katie. Thank you guys. Well, we just want to remind everybody, if you want to send us a message about participating in the show or some funny moments that you've enjoyed the show for the last 10 years, we would love that. And you can email or Facebook Phil or I, um, and we, we always enjoy it. And we always enjoy trainer tips or anything that you want to ask us. Uh, we always enjoy your participation and that's why we do the show. And we do have a new book club book coming your way. We will make that announcement in the next uh, couple of weeks. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products, Horse Report System, and Trust Design. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.